welcome to the TSFP crew podcast, whatever you want to call it, formerly known as the Strange Fruit Podcast. I am your host, Bishop Green, with my co-host, Adrian Neely. And we just got to go on and admit that the best Christmas song uh, out there today is Players Ball. Um, man, shout out to Outcast for that song, man. It, it, it just set, set trends. It was a trendsetter. It yeah, really it was. was. It was. <laughs> hey, man, we, we, we got some topics to talk about uh, to y'all. Man, we had lots of inquiries. People hitting me up 6 o'clock this morning wanting me to talk about uh, several things and uh uh Nikki Nikki <laughs> um man let's just go and start off with this banger cuz we got to I mean this is a I don't know what what is going on there's this true kitchen <laughs> restaurant viral video floating out there right now uh where the owner uh cussed out the patrons yes. uh for twerking and um you know gave statistics on <laughs> You know, uh, a ratio of how many women uh, uh, to men yeah. in the restaurants that normally yeah. frequent his you restaurant, in, you and uh, you know, you know, he he went all Joe went Clark in. on it. You know, it was lean on me without the bullhorn. He didn't he need, need it. I have, um, I have some personal opinions about the thing. I'm just gonna tell you. It, you know, I don't know who that DJ <laughs> the was. The was his name. I mean, but damn, if if he didn't know the setting he was supposed to provide, you know, there there's certain uh, maybe that he maybe he didn't know, maybe he wasn't instructed. No. Uh, I, was he playing? I don't know, but anyway, females got to twerking, and uh, the owner he he didn't he didn't see. See that that uh, was gonna uh, to uh, was gonna continue. Excuse me. So anyway, uh, Nikki, I know yes. you got some heat. Go ahead and yes. speak because I'm a, I'm gonna have a little take on it, but it ain't gonna be it ain't gonna be like yours. I feel you, you. I feel you, man. You got something. Go ahead. My, out the way. Get my, out my way. opinion is layered, but let's talk about the facts first. The uh, restaurant is uh, called True Kitchen. It is actually a almost a duplicate of Taste bar kitchen in Houston which I am a loyal and consistent patron of despite all the growing pains I love it uh Chef Bowie is a local chef who who uh Mr. Kelly was in partnership with they started Taste Kitchen in Houston um they had some filings out all of this stuff is googleable and um they have some lawsuits against each other and I found they have since broken um over this I think just in August I guess uh, or maybe uh, over the summer, broken uh, their partnership with one another. Mr. Chef Bowie, who is the 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 cook. I mean, y'all, these jerk these jerk lamb chops ain't no punk. I'm telling you, these these jerk lamb chops are the bomb. I am loyal to uh, taste as far as their food. Um, but um, these jerk lamb chops, it was an injunction that he filed against Mr. Kelly to prevent the restaurant from opening because there was an accusation that he stole his recipes um which is probably likely believable i have looked at the menus they are almost identical when you think about flavoring the names and things are different but the recipes you know that they're very the same the pictures look identical and stuff um so i'm saying all that to say and, and based on what i have heard about the about true kitchen 
the concept of the restaurant is very much the same as Taste Bar Kitchen in Houston. Um, the restaurant has live DJ booths. Uh, restaurant is serving like Hennessy slushies. Uh, see, uh, slushies is selling, um, you know, chicken and waffles, jerk lamb chops. I think they've taken it to another level because they got like some Asian and buffalo lamb chops or something like that on their menu. So, uh, a lot they advertise kind of like a lot of day brunching and things like that. Um, you know, so the atmosphere in the restaurant is definitely one that is upbeat. The DJ, the twerk music, none of that is off brand for what, um, um, I have, as I understand about True Kitchen or as I understand about, uh, you know, the concept. And basically, as I understand, this concept is a duplicate of what he did in Houston with his former partner. Now, uh, going, mm. uh, getting back to what apparently was taking place at the restaurant. Basically, people were twerking, got up. Um, they was playing throw that ass in a circle, play blow the whistle in some working. of the clips. Yes, um, the uh, they got on the ta- on the chairs on the booths and started twerking on the glass and were asked to sit down twice nicely and professionally by him. All of this is on camera. Um, I think the third time, at least that's on camera, that's when he goes over, goes off, and he's basically like, look. I invest a lot of money into buying this building, developing this concept so black people can have somewhere nice to go. But all this twerking and shit, y'all take it to prime, take it to peak because we're a restaurant. Daquan, Daquan, cut the music. That's the DJ. And, you know, basically he tells them, (laughs) cut the music. Nah, real talk, real talk. You know, if you don't like it, get the fuck out of my restaurant. And anybody else who don't like the message, get out because I don't need your money. I created this so that our people can have a nice place to go for the culture. He also says, I want men to have respect. I, I talk about men respecting themselves, but how they going to have respect for you if you don't respect yourself? Now, we got some classy patrons that come here, but blah, blah, blah. So he goes in. And in the video, you can hear when he gets done, there are people that are like, check, give me the check, check, please. Um, but that's about it. The issue was that it was posted on social media and it went viral and then when it went viral he came under fire about what he said and how it was handled and the internet is kind of split because you have a lot of people that are like he was unprofessional then you have a lot of people are like i told people get off my chairs too and you know they don't need to be twerking in the restaurant so also he's interviewed by tmz live uh, on tmz they asked him hey it sounds like to us you're saying that um twerking when people twerk they don't have class and that you don't feel is a good representation of your culture and he basically said not in my restaurant now the only issue that i have here's some additional facts that um i that have been validated for me from a news source uh it, uh a journalist in dallas that apparently on that night there was a two to three hour wait which is which that two to three hour wait i will honestly say is par the course for Definitely for like taste bar in Houston. In addition, to get into the restaurant, reservations are like booked out into 2021, not January 2021, but like February 2021. So that means people want to go. And I, I believe it is definitely worth the wait. If they took Chef Bowie's restaurant uh, recipes, it's worth the wait. Now, <laughs> 
My issue is not that they were twerking because I don't think that that behavior is appropriate. I don't think twerking, it's not the twerking that's the issue. It's getting on furniture and glass that's the issue. That's the, I understand that to be a problem. But my issue with him is that he is the professional. They're the patrons. And so what you don't do as a restaurant owner is have patrons who are out of control and just have security remove them. Don't come out like Joe Clark and fuss at everybody else there, cuss everyone else out, and then tell people they can get the F out and you don't need their money and so on and so forth. See, if you would just take, if you would figure out how to furlough, I know you're frustrated because I know you are probably opening this restaurant and as a business owner, this man is probably the, the security, the manager. He's probably doing every single thing on the floor. I get that and I understand that and I respect that and I don't envy it. And I and I believe that whatever he felt, that anger, I'm looking at money, y'all standing on money, y'all standing on liability on the glass. If something happened, y'all gonna be wanting to sue me. Um, I, I understand all of that, but protocol in the industry would have simply been for you to just cash them out and ask them to leave. That's simple. And, and, here's, and here's the reason I can say this. I can say this with so much assertion because Bishop Adrian, I'm a snitch. I would have been the person that was going to my server or to the manager saying, excuse me, can you get them? I promise you, I'm probably going to be that old lady in the neighborhood. They'd be calling the cops to come out with the robe on. I, that's just me. I know myself. I would have had an issue. And, and there were patrons complaining about the behavior. So you remove those patrons from the establishment but you do not turn around and then go on this rant that is filled with anti-blackness, filled with misogyny and everything else. I understand you have passion, but part of professionalism is that you put things in place to protect your passion so that you don't get uncovered by it. Because basically you didn't got uncovered by your passion. And we know a whole lot more about what you think about the black folks that you serve that we don't even really need to know. We don't need to know that you feel that way or think like that. Further, if you're selling liquor, whether you're giving it complimentary or whether people are buying it, and you play twerk music, what is with a DJ in a booth? Get how are people circle. supposed to know? How are we supposed to know the difference between your establishment and the club? You both have delicious chicken. <laughs> What's the difference? Shout out Lou Williams. I mean, and I'm just and <laughs> yeah, and so again, I'm not saying that um, and I think what what I ran into is a lot of people are feeling like be, they're, what they're, what people are doing is saying, oh, they were ratchet. They classes. They had no business. They don't have home training. They don't know how to act. This, this, that, and the other. And I get all that, that they don't know how to act. However, the issue, however, the issue is that your job as a restaurant is not to provide home training. Your job as a restaurant is not to provide home training for people. Your job is not to raise people and make them act right. Your job is to provide a service to people that want to eat and create an atmosphere, and you protect that atmosphere, and you have things in place. My last point that I'm really kind of taking the issue with is that people took this as an opportunity, or some people took this as an opportunity to really do what America loves to do best, and that's rag on black women. And so, you know, this whole action, they're not act, ghetto behavior, this is that and the other. Okay, here, here's the thing, you know, and, and, and then black people need to learn how to act when they go somewhere. 
Okay, first of all, black people are not the only people who cut up at restaurants. In fact, people in general cut up at places where alcohol is sold. That is why the restaurant industry has protocols in place. People say, oh, you would see that at Vic and Anthony's. You know why you don't see that at Vic and Anthony's? Because those guys with those black suits on that are buffed with shades, that's security. They're going to make sure that people who are drinking wine don't get out of control. And they're going to make sure that stuff, that scuffle or whatever happens to ensue is handled so swiftly and quickly and smoothly that you will never see it as a patron. I've seen people get put out of Papa Do's on 610 for worse behavior than twerking on tables with very much less fanfare because that is 101 in a restaurant. You got cash on hand, you need security personnel. You got people in alcohol, you need management and security personnel. Owner, I know you got passion, but you ought not be walking around the floor going, I, I get off my furniture. Then That's just not the professional thing to do. And it is a Black-owned business. And because it's a Black-owned business, I believe that's why people quietly sit there and wait for two or three hours. And, and they have no problem with it because they have fixed their mouths and their tongue palate and their patience to wait and to support. And, you know, the, and, I, and I would have nothing to say about it. If I had been in the restaurant, it probably would have been off-putting. But let's say it had happened at Taste. I'd have probably we probably would talked about them like a dog in the car, and then next time we might have got our food to go, but we probably would have came back and would never have said a word about it. It's it didn't happen that way. It was caught on on a camera. It was broadcast, and now people have an opinion about it. And my honest and truthful opinion is that out of the two people, the patrons and the professional, the professional was um, unprofessional. No different than what we expect from police officers. We say that they ought not, they ought to be professional and de-escalate the situation uh, when they're dealing with the public because they're the professional. So it's it's the same thing. Oh no, I mean, uh, Adrian, I, go ahead. I always felt like I, I hadn't seen the very, very, very beginning of the video, so I I was like, I don't know what led to that. I felt like, wow, if if it got to that point, something had to really set him off um, to go in there. I think sometimes we all get caught up in situations where we are beyond upset. And I, from what I saw mm -hmm. from him, he was beyond because I think he could have left. He could he could only have left it where he was only talking to the young ladies. But then when you start telling other people um and you don't like it you can go too it's like that's not necessary like leave it with that group i didn't see the footage of the young women on tables i feel like if you play throw that ass, throw that ass in a circle and mix that with some drinks asses will get thrown in circles um <laughs> Um, really, if you, they yeah, just yeah, will you about it, those young ladies just doing what they were told like uh so it's like throw that ass in the circle. I think I will, you know. Uh, so <laughs> I feel like, wow, not not yeah. Don't mind I, yeah, do. Obviously, this is a command. Um, so like I I saw that part, and I felt like there was a point at which, and I think we we just see that you know uh, uh, our people, mm -hmm. black folks, we we are known to be a little extra 
with certain things when we when we, when we realize we have an audience. And I think that's kind of what he got caught up in at a certain point. Because I really do understand him being upset. I really do. If I see yeah. people up on furniture, I'll probably lose mm-hmm. it. I, I mean, and, and like Nikki said, he's probably everything at that place. Uh, I know being in Dallas, but true is, it is extremely popular here. So um, he's probably, he's making a decent amount of money, but he may not still be at that point where he it feels comfortable having a bunch, having to pay a bunch of people because we are also still in the midst of COVID. Um, so that's um, it. I, I feel uh-huh. like he's probably taking on a lot of different roles uh, with an extremely popular restaurant. Um, and he is trying to do, he's stretching himself probably thin. So I look at it from his perspective in that I don't, I definitely don't think it was necessary to charge up the rest of the restaurant. That's, I think that's probably where you lose me. Maybe is that you don't have to bring everybody else into it. It's between you, it's between the young ladies. If you are put in a situation where you have to say something to a particular group, I feel like if the young ladies were on furniture, they should have better hand tra- uh, home training than that. Like a twerking, if you got a DJ and there's liquor and there's just a, an environment, I've seen twerking in plenty of restaurants where there was a DJ and liquor and black people. I, that, that's not surprising. Once you get on furniture, you're supposed to know that from from being a big mama's house. You're supposed yeah. to know you, you don't you don't get on furniture because uh, yeah. I mean he like he would have been. Like there was some old people probably would have thought he would have been within his his rights to to beat them off of the front of you. You know, how old folks are. They like, he could, <laughs> at that point, he should be able to get a switch. Yeah, and, you know, like there, there are probably some, some 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 older folks in our lives that feel like he could have beat them off the front of you. They point. need their tails. Yeah, so, yeah. they know how that. You start. You got to remember. You got to remember where your bread is buttered at the same time. So you can piss off those young ladies. And everybody might be like, yeah, I get it, because they were standing on the table. But once you tell everybody, and y'all don't give a damn about your money either. Oh, well, hey, hold on, brother. We we just waited three hours in line. Like, you know, it yeah. becomes a thing where, you know, you, you were cool up to a point, and then you insulted everybody else. You were cool so, up to a so point. You got to be careful there. One of his things he says about afterwards, he said, um, we understand we can't be the restaurant for everyone, but now there are thousands of people across the country who understand the importance of the black community having a good concept that they can go eat at. Mm. <sighs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, I mean, the, the, I think it's that Captain, Captain Save Them thing. Yeah complex about it that has me um that 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 is a slight like you know I, I I'm not saying that he doesn't he shouldn't feel that way and I'm not saying that what he's saying isn't true but I also am saying that I don't think that should be I, I don't know I kind of that's um that's one that rubs me a little bit the wrong way and that I take issue with um you know as if you know, again, as if you have to provide a place for black people to learn to act and behave do while they listen to throw that ass in a circle. Yeah. 
because that was on because because very easily you could have adjusted your playlist to uh, uh, adapt to the behavior that you want to see. Um, that is a very simple thing to do. Um, you could have cashed those patrons out and asked them to leave because if you have a three-hour wait, you also take walk-ups. So you know you're going to have people that are walking up to these reservations are waiting two hours to three hours. Your walk-ups are waiting as well. And as you said, you don't need their money. They're replaceable. There's got to be somebody outside that's ready to come in and eat. So, you know, again your security personnel and management can uh, can handle that. And honestly, those thoughts that you have, we don't need to know those. You know, um, once we do know those things, though, then it's, I, I mean, per, I personally, would I still eat there? Yes. But once we, because of the jerk lamp shop, but once we do know those things, people are not necessarily uh, <laughs> obligated to continue patronizing you. I don't think he's going to have any issue with patronage because people want to now come to the restaurant. You know, it's not a cheap restaurant. This ain't no Chili's prices. You know, it's, this is uh, it's up there on the prices. So, you know, um, people are going to want to come. But it's kind of like the man that owns uh, Landry's. When people found out he supported Trump, there are some people that said, I don't want to go to your restaurants yeah. anymore. Yeah. And they're entitled to that. And now, if he wanted to protect his restaurants mm-hmm. from him him personally, um, be quiet. You don't have to say words. That's it. Sometimes you don't have to say words. You actually can just be quiet. And I think that, you know, in the average restaurant you go to, you don't see the owner or even the general manager on the floor. You definitely don't see the owners because I don't think an owner can handle all the things that happen with patrons. Do you think that Vic or Anthony would be able to handle seeing people throwing up because they drank too much? I think that'd be tough. Can they handle I think that? That'd be tough for them. I think it would be very tough for them to see that. Um, I don't think they're going to be doing all those things. And again, he was too emotional. And 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 this is not an indictment against him as an individual. He has accomplished an amazing feat as a black man because this is clearly at least the second restaurant that he has started. So if if not more, you it is an accomplishment. Um, but that doesn't mean there's no room for improvement professionally. You probably need some consulting and now. I say this as a person who binge watches Bar Rescue, not as a restaurant consultant. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I really um, think honestly <laughs> that you might benefit from some um, and, and, and having patronized consistently his last business endeavor in Houston for over a year. I can honestly say that and my commitment has been to black-owned restaurants is my personal commitment for black-owned establishments if they are not up to par i I, first of all i put on a lot of patience because i understand from business perspective we are a little behind we don't have that generational experience and acumen that's been passed down i respect people's grind so I have patience with it. I don't mm-hmm. expect the same level of service from Unity as I do from Chase. They ain't going to be as fast and as efficient, and I'm cool with it. I'm committed. 
when I have a bad negative experience, I'm very, very careful not to publicly blast, number one. I don't try to ruin that establishment. I, um, If someone asks me about it, I will let them know my experience from a personal one-on-one level. But you're not going to find me on Yelp running down that Black-owned business. That is my personal commitment. It's house business. They didn't get it right. On to the next one. I'll make mm-hmm. a decision. So I have, so that's that's just my personal commitment as a person of color. But having been to taste, I, I yeah. will say this much, that uh, when we go, I'll say this much, when we go, now we have our entire order that we give to the waitress from appetizers to the number of drinks that we want we we order it all at once. We already know what we're getting. We say, okay, I'm getting that fried cauliflower. We're going to order jerk lamb chops with this. He's going to have jerk lamb chops with pregnant. We do all of that. And I'm going to have two blueberry lavender margaritas, two of them. Cause, because if I don't say two, I might not give but one. Even though I'm there for a couple hours because they're going to be jam-packed. So I, so, and, they, and, and it's <laughs> worth the wait. It's worth the wait. I'm not saying it's not worth the wait. I think that um, it's totally worth the wait. Um, but I, I do, you know, think that from a, a professional perspective, he he uh, he missed the bar there, and that's okay. Just fix it, and you know, figure out how to keep yourself out of that spot so that you're not offending patrons. Um, because one patrons because patrons have offended you, then you don't turn around and offend the rest of the patrons. You just learn from it and, and move on. No one's trying to destroy the man's business. Um, just you know, learn from it and, and, and move on. But you know, being real and, and, and keeping it real and all that, it, he it lacked emotional it control. And you got to put just yeah, it can go wrong. You got to put yourself in those positions where you have a level of of emotional control and um you know i don't know if he's been embroiled in some churn where his business partners are concerned so there is a part of me that's like hmm, i wonder if that's why you know <laughs> did we just get a glimpse of you know bratty cousin here mm-hmm. i mean i'm not not saying that that's the case i'm just saying that i um you know my mind goes in a lot of different directions with it but should the, the the patrons' behavior is not even really what's up for discussion? They're not the professionals. They're not the professionals. Yeah. yeah. How you feel about a bishop? Well, again, I'm I'm, I'm going to start with that DJ because <laughs> it always starts with the damn DJ. Okay. Here it is. Now it starts with the DJ, but. The DJ is not at fault if he wasn't told, you know, what type of ambiance is need, you know, is needed for the restaurant. Now, I've never been there, Nikki. You got you got all the scoop on it, so it sounds to me it's it's just a chill, chill restaurant where you can you know get your get your eat on and and get some good music going. You know, like we used to have it. <laughs> this is nowhere near. To what you just described, but there used to be this little place called O Box down in Colleen. Now it, it it was on a much, much more uh, smaller scale, but I mean it was actually a a club plus a a bar and 
and eatery place. It, it was all in one. But anyway, um, it starts with DJ for me. If that if that DJ had played them songs, then you know people ain't gonna feel them vibes. Anytime you got some Hennessy, see, I didn't even know about that. You got some Hennessy slushies. It's already on. That's a combination they're right strong. there. That's I a combo. Hear- so, I can't have but half a one. Of course they're going to be I'm strong. Sleep. I'm sleep for the night. I mean, so, you know, now, should they should they have done? I read right, but should they have known better? Yeah, they should have known better. Not to be sitting up there, you know, twerking in the booths and stuff. But like y'all say, you put this music on, <laughs> you know, and you got these Hennessy slushies. I mean, God, dog. Yeah, I mean, now I see how this went down. Um Nikki, everything you said was on point. Uh, I was just going to add that, you know, um, much like uh, Adrian stated, when the emotions are high, um, you know, you you tend to miss the bar uh, if you don't control your emotions. Now, one thing I can tell you from a marketing perspective uh, that I do have some experience with, um, at that moment, what he felt was right. Uh, and it is his establishment. So he is right. But what it costs in the long run, even though you're going to make that up from an operation standpoint, you're, you're leaking money from that point because you can never fix, you know, a reputation. Now you have people like myself that have never gone there, never knew about it, but now all the imagery that you're going to see, you're not going to see the girls twerking because like Adrian said, we didn't see that or I didn't see that. Okay. But you did see the cuss out. Okay. Now uh, that's the thing that uh, not just black ownership has to, or black owners have to take in, into a uh, concept. Uh, it's just any owner or any entrepreneur Anytime you put yourself out like that, you have to think with all that emotion running high, what do I have to lose? Because I guarantee you, you got a lot more to lose as an entrepreneur than that patron at that moment. Okay. Right. So, um, you know, this, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but you know, I remember when I managed a store, um, a Verizon wireless corporate store. And I, to mm-hmm. put it, put it bluntly, this lady was trying to scam us. She had went and bought this high dollar phone. Okay. And, and knew her time limit on, on the return. She went well over that. I'm talking weeks over. And then <laughs> tried to bring me back this water damaged phone and wanted another free phone. And she was very adamant. I'm not paying a dime for the phone. And I'm like, well, man, we got this program where, you know, you have to go two years to get discounts on these phones. You've, you've gone well over 30 days, you know, and really the return at that moment uh, or at that time was like 72 hours, you know, to test it out, you know, that kind of thing. But anyway, she wanted the phone for free and she didn't want a cheap one for free. She wanted a high dollar one. So I'm sitting up here like, nah, she can bounce. And man, she we went back and forth for about an hour in the store. Now, I didn't know at that moment mm-hmm. what it was costing me as far as an image and reputation. Okay. I learned a valuable lesson at that moment. 
and I was hot as hell because honestly, I was right. And I was going by the policies and procedures by the book, you know, and but I was wrong. And it made me so damn mad that when she left and called the corporate number and it got to, you know, my boss's boss, man, they sent Mm -hmm. me an email that very next day flaming me for not giving her the phone. And I'm sitting here like, well, wait a minute. You guys said this is the policy. Where was I wrong? Like Bishop wasn't even about the policy at that point. He says, because all those people that was in that store saw the treatment, even though she was wrong, they saw the treatment. And it's That's the right. image. He said, it's not about, you know, what they came in there That's with. Right. It's about the experience that they leave with. Okay. Now, I just taught somebody, you one did. of our listeners, you know, if you're you listening, really did. I just gave you some valuable <laughs> advice because that's normally stuff I charge for. Uh, but I'll be honest with you. I learned a valuable lesson. It's about the experiences you you leave with. It ain't about what you came in there with. It's about how you felt when you left that that establishment. That's and right. that's what's going to keep your money recurring. You know, I mean, hell now again, insurance. <laughs> he's thinking all this kind of stuff That's insurance right. claims i mean who know and you know damn well they go sue them. if they if they if they would have broke that glass yeah. and cut they cut their booty holes you know it would have been a problem it would have yeah it would have been it would have been a problem uh mega churches if you notice that a lot like one of the reasons like you don't really have all that familiarity and access to pastor and then the people that make a lot of decisions the people in the church typically um the things that are running are running from a particular vision or head and they are running. People are executing what they want and what they've been, people are executing what they've been told to do and how they've been instructed. But your experience is, is controlled with those people in charge. You don't run up to pastor for every single little thing. And, and, you know, and, and maybe, you know, I don't know if that's the, I don't know if that's the best analogy because I think I'm starting to lose it right mid analogy, but it's one of those things where you kind of learn how to control that good cop, bad cop, uh, you know, thing that you have going on. You know, if you haven't, if, uh, if you go to a car dealership, you know, mm-hmm. you may have an issue with the financing, but it is the, uh, the, your first point of contact is that salesperson. And so that salesperson is controlling your customer experience. When you have a negative experience with him, who often comes in and swoops in? Maybe the GM or somebody like that. And they make you feel all good and all better. And a lot of times they don't change nothing that happened. They just hear your story and say, oh, we're so sorry. This is that and the other. Because that salesperson is typically only doing what they've been empowered to do anyway. And so it's a matter of the people people protecting their interests and what they want to happen in their establishment. And that owner really needs to do that. He really does. Because he, you, you, everything you said was on point. Mm. I probably really even shouldn't even needed to even come behind it. He just needs to protect. He has to protect the no, no, experience. No, no. And he needs to protect himself. He could have very well, if he'd have had a bouncer and security there, and they had those person, that person escorted out, 
the worst the, the worst that could happen is maybe the people get rowdy so you have to call the police they handle it but the patronage experience is still being protected the the second thing that may happen is what if they write the restaurant or write a nasty grammar or an email i can't believe i experienced this is that and the other you know what the the manager slash or if you wanted to be the owner does they write you back and say, oh, we're so sorry. Uh, but, you know, we really don't allow this in the restaurant. And this is what happened. But I'm sorry you had a negative experience. Here's 10% off. And you got the people out. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I, I don't mm. know. I just think that there's a way it could have been handled. And mm-hmm. people are so triggered by what I don't get is, yeah, the, the same people that are running these women into the ground and talking about twerking and it being like people being morally deficit having moral deficits because they twerk you know uh because twerking ain't even really the issue but it's twerking yeah. on furniture that's the issue but people are critiquing that but then there's some, some people that are very sensitive about the professional getting critiqued you can't critique one group and then be allergic to the critique of the professional it just don't work like and that we expect the professionals to have things. Mm-hmm. Man Go ahead. Point, as soon right. as that song came on, there was, there was a, there was a, I guarantee you, there was a restaurant full of dudes kind of secretly rubbing their hands together like, <laughs> come on asses, come on circle. Like, <laughs> I need, <laughs> like, this is what we've been waiting for. I don't blame the DJ. I need yeah, these circles in my DJ. life. That DJ probably for a second increased the male patronage made made somebody three hour wait a little bit easier. Like it is it, it, like there it was really there was a did. bunch of dudes that were in that that was somewhere sitting <laughs> in the waiting area. Like, well, I'ma eat late and my brunch became dinner, but asses in circles. So it's like I mean <laughs> we, people get real mad like when when Janet Jackson when when just now I I, I was mad uh, that situation I was upset that Justin Timberlake didn't get the same vitriol thrown at him but if we're being honest yeah, yeah. oh this is, yeah we edit this later bishop yeah let's be real honest the people who are really <laughs> upset about janet jackson's breast flopping out were old old white women, white women. <laughs> like because we had an anchor we had a a, a, a traffic girl here named demetria Obelor, and, and there was a controversy with demetria Obelor because this woman said she wore all these body con dresses and, and and there was a whole yeah. thing, and it ended up she it fine, ended up fine. making Demetria Obelor <laughs> more popular because that woman tried to body shame her. Because if we're being honest, Demetria Obelor was built like she was, you know, she had a black girl's body, and and and, and so there because mm-hmm. I had friends in Houston talking about man that weather girl y'all got I'm like how do y'all even see the weather <laughs> not the weather but how do y'all even see the traffic. In Dallas, how y'all see? Are y'all YouTubing Demetria Obelor? And so, like, she man, was real man. popular. And the only women that were getting super upset was old white women. Well, and I feel like and everything like that. That that bar, that place. If there was anybody complaining about twerking, I mean, and I understand, like, when you go for a dining experience, you want it to be somewhat civilized. I don't want anybody twerking over my my lamb chops, but. Like, and then even then, depends. <laughs> like, well, you know, if you're gonna twerk, you know, but uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, you know, <laughs> throw it in a circle, drop and chop it. it. It's like, like, 
if we're being honest, wasn't nobody really nobody really gets that up in arms about those things except yeah, uh, yeah, it's just kind of like one of those things like I it doesn't is is amusing to me sometimes when I see how far people can take twerkage, but I'm sure there were a bunch of dudes in there who were just like with the Janet Jackson thing when people were like, I can't believe the Super Bowl is an American institution. No, 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 it's really not. You know, I mean it's 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 cool. And usually one team really kills the other. And the best thing about that night was for a bunch of men was like, hey, at least we saw Janet Jackson's boob. You know. That's probably why he was like, I'm trying to get the men, men to respect them themselves. How can I do that? No, no. And dude circle. was already like, That's yeah, probably. probably. And, some, and most of the brothers were like, <laughs> really, brother, we weren't bothered. Like, I mean, you know, you respect, really, can we I talk about these dynamics? Were. I think y'all brought it up in the group. Really, you respect who you respect and you don't who you don't. Like, there's nothing about twerking that's going to cause respect. I've seen my wife dance. I think it's mm. kind of sexy. You know what I mean? The fact that my wife can dance mm. a little bit. I'm not much of a dancer. Sometimes, you know, I, I the, the, you know, the dancing to me Oh, I know that. College was a means to an end. It was like I'm dancing because (laughs) I'm dancing because women dance, and this is my plan. (laughs) You know, that's that's it. I don't, I don't, I don't. (laughs) Like when Michelle got here, she was like, "That dude's in Dallas dancing." I'm like, "Well, that's wonderful." (laughs) You know, I'm not a dancer. (laughs) Like I, that's not a me thing. But it's it's like, (laughs) like to, to to, and I might have gone down too far of a road here but it's it's like no you respect who you respect and you don't who you don't like with women that if if i see a woman twerk that's it she twerks moving on to this last subject real quick um i had uh i had a request to speak on an incident um where it involved a 15 year old child um in north louisiana i believe and um, where this child was found uh, dead next to a sugarcane field. Um, his name was Kawan Charles. And um, I knew nothing about it. Um, so I kind of dug in the crates a little bit um, because I, I promised to um, spread the word on this um, because it is being protested right now. And the death, the cause of death was drowning, and the parents uh, reported him missing, but they didn't put out an Amber Alert or anything like that. And so, essentially, right. the issue is that basically the police treated it as if it was nothing, even though their child was missing. And so, what's going on is more or less, uh, I'm trying to go to it right now. Sorry, I'm trying to open it up. Uh, what's going on is more or less is that they're asking for accountability in the sense of, he was missing in an appropriate amount of time where an alert should have gone out and they didn't. Then he was found dead. Yeah. So they didn't, yeah. you know, and, and he um he was found dead just a couple of miles, I believe, from where he was was, like mm. where they last saw him or something. Um yeah. so it was Quantum Quantum Charles. That's yeah, his let name. Me go back to it. Uh, I hadn't heard anything about this one. I no, Kawan. I'm sorry. I hadn't until Bishop shared it. Um, but yeah, he his um basically they call him, you know, called for justice. This, you know, um 
it's been three and a half weeks. Let me go back to it. It said um, he disappeared on October 30th from his father's home. His dad mm-hmm. reported the disappearance to the police department on October 30th. The officers did not. The officers didn't issue an Amber Alert. They didn't do a missing person notice. Um, the family contacted the Par- Iberia Parish Sheriff's Office a few days later, and then his body was found near Sugar Cane Field. And the, uh, the mm-hmm. autopsy indicates that his death was drowning. And uh, the photo was um, sent through social media. Family and friends say that. Um, they suggest that the damage to his face suggests that he was beaten or even tortured, but the coroner says the marks are from being in the water. Either way, um No, that sounds shady. Yeah, either way, they talk about the, the lack of the Amber Alert after he was reported missing. And the Baton Rouge NAACP president says that with the current criteria, um, it doesn't always fit all the nuances attached to when kids go missing, especially when we start talking about poor kids. And, you know, uh, kids, many children, particularly in poorer communities, can be abducted by someone they know well who may not initially be regarded as dangerous to the police. And essentially, they're asking um, that, um, and and they're saying the current system doesn't include that, and they're saying that it should have been an alert that went out because they feel they could have found them alive. And if Mm -hmm. the police just going to sit, somebody said that the stepfather said, um, the police are just going to sit down behind their desk and wait and wait and wait and think we're going to forget. And, um, yeah, so I think that, um, again, the issue is that he was missing. They reported him missing and nothing was done and they had to stay on top of it themselves. And he was a child and there was a no alert that went out and he was found dead. So, I mean, um, that's disheartening because, they didn't do all that they could do. Yeah. And honestly, that Amber Alert would have been the minimal. That that would have been a small thing that could have been done. Yeah. yeah. Or a minor thing. Maybe not small, because I don't know the <clears throat> nature of how Amber Alerts are issued. But it, it could have been a small thing that could have been done. Yeah. It just doesn't. It just doesn't sound right. I mean, laying by a sugar, sugar cane field afterwards. I mean, it, you know, and then like you say, drowning is the was ruled the the method of of his death. And, you know, by a sugar cane field. I mean, not too far away from his house. I, you know, it's it just doesn't add up to me. I mean, if you just told me that story flat out, yeah. I can't sit there and put those those things things together but I, I i did i did want to bring this out because i promised to speak on it i was actually uh researching more on angelo crooms and sincere pierce and i happened to see this name kawan charles and i was like well what's going on with that because someone was like and no one's talking about this young child laid next to a sugarcane field and i'm like where louisiana and i'm like wow no i haven't heard anything about it yeah you know so he met the criteria for issuing an amber alert and honestly even if he didn't even if they felt that it was not completely a match 
uh, because not all of these things have to be present for you to issue an Amber Alert. A lot of it is at the discretion of the local law enforcement, you know. So the thing is, is that um, Louisiana, the yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. essentially, essentially, the thing is Louisiana, and they don't, they don't really care and don't believe that he was um. And, and you know, don't care enough that he was in imminent danger and didn't do all that they could do, and that Amber Alert would have been the basics. And he did meet, he did meet the criteria, um, because although they say that it has to be reasonable belief that an abduction occurred, but they also have to believe the child's in imminent danger of serious bodily injury or death. And if there's enough descriptive information about the victim and the abduction. Uh, for law enforcement to issue an Amber Alert. And here's my thing. We get Amber Alerts because people didn't drop their kid back off in enough time <clears throat> of, um, you know, with custody. They with the dad and they and it's they supposed to be there Sunday at 3 and they not there at 3 and we get an Amber Alert at 6.30. You know, I mean, there have yeah. been Amber Alerts, at least in this Houston area, have been issued for much less. We've issued Amber Alerts oh, yeah. when people are with their parents. That's not an abduction. You know, it's just like yeah. a custody fight. You know, um, and law enforcement has made the decision to do so. So I think it is um, It's sticky and it sounds sketchy. Um, I believe if the if the parents have reason to believe there is an abduction or that the child is in danger, I think the alert should be issued because they are a minor, period. So I believe that's what the NAACP is kind of calling for, saying that, hey, y'all need to broaden that description because poor children are often abducted by people that they know. And so, um, you know, and, and who's setting this criteria of what an abduction is? My child gets in the car with someone we don't know, they don't come back, why can't I say they're abducted? Right. Get. Right. I, I, I'm. I'm trying to understand what the problem is. So they made them wait, and it was too late by the time that they did issue. Well, they never issued it. So, they never issued it. The child was just so found. They, okay. He was missing for several days. They went back to the sheriff's office because they hadn't gave up. They had posted pictures on social media and stuff, and his body was found. Yeah. And they're protesting right now. Uh, you know, I think it was just a little over 100 people from what I gathered. Um, but I'm sure, you know, look, this thing, you know, if, if we just keep on exposing this and, and sharing this news, I'm pretty sure they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to deal with it because just like with Brianna Taylor, you know, they pushed that thing off for months. It wasn't until George Floyd it came about the incident with him. Uh, it was already two two months going with Breonna Taylor. You know what it what had happened to her, and the city of Louisville was going to just sit on it and ride it, ride well, it really out. It you know how the, bad do the you dude want the guy shot in that by his own dude? He didn't even get shot by what they're saying is the ballistics don't match the boyfriend's gun. I'm mad at the cop that's now. I don't know, make trying to sue them, sue the boyfriend or something for being shot like i just oh, it's unbelievable man it's, it's like a yeah that's just uh the sad part of the of this thing uh I, I don't like to end on these kind of uh 
topics, but it, I'm just getting tired and, and sick and tired of our black youth just getting taken off the face of this earth and no one puts a uh, due diligence in uh, for justice for these for these children you know when they're black it's just like well you know no one's gonna no one's gonna care but um, at this point we're, we're sticking together more of us are uniting uh, because there's number uh, there's power in numbers and uh, the more numbers you have the more power you have the more money you have the more power you have. And when we put our monies together and our, our energies together and we unite, um, you know, there's nothing that, that can stop us. We've, we've proved these things time in and time, time out. So uh, that's all I wanted to uh, speak oh, on. Um, was there anything else you guys want to bring out? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, because we're going to do this Christmas well, couples this thing. It just ain't going to happen tonight. To light the mood. Go to your look forget. at True's uh, reviews. Uh, not the ones from, you know, they, they, Yelp is watching it. So they didn't get a ton of reviews about this incident. But just go down uh, <laughs> down on their reviews. It's kind of interesting. I'm, that's a, uh, let me light the mood. In the CNN. Uh posted and I know everybody on parlor is like well that's CNN and they hate Trump but apparently <laughs> but, that's CNN that's how I feel like everybody on parlor talks even our dumbass senator <laughs> Ted Cruz wait a minute man, man. do the voice again man and your dumbass gonna be on there <laughs> you know what that's that's one of them people that's just trying too hard to, to be in like I think Ted Cruz he knows his last name is Cruz so he's just like I gotta be extra. I gotta work extra hard. He's such an idiot. But anyway, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. But that's CNN. Give y'all that voice one more time. But then, so, so on, um, so today, they were saying that there might have been a scam run <laughs> out of the White House. Hold on, where they were procur- procuring funds <laughs> in exchange for pardons. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, yeah, that's Wait, I wouldn't raise like, that. Oh, wow. Hey, hey, Bishop. Here's the point. Here's the point where you about to have to play some music. Oh my god. Oh man. I'm sorry. Put the music in, Bishop. When I read that. I thought we was gonna get through this without like, it. If, but no. <laughs>